West Bowles Church, good morning. How you doing? Good. I wanted to take one minute and share with you about the young man you're about to hear from. Um, a few years ago, um, my wife and I, we were working with the junior high group here at the church for a number of years, and um, an opportunity came up to work with the high school group. And so we went from working with the junior high group to working with the high school group and the junior high group. And in the midst of having um, a child and a marriage and another child on the way at that time, um, our prayer became, God, help. And so we, we prayed that prayer, and uh, I was reminded of a conversation I had had a couple years earlier with a young man who had been a senior in the high school group at the time, David Perez, who you're about to hear from. And I remember him talking about a heart to go into youth ministry, and he was going into CCU, Colorado Christian University, to pursue a degree in youth ministry. And so David has been hard at work at that um, for the last four years now, and just last week, two weeks ago, graduated with a degree in youth ministry. And David is, uh, he is the director of our junior high group here. And one thing about David is not only has he been God's answer to a prayer, but he's also become a very close friend. And we get to sit down every week or two and talk about leadership. We get to talk about life. And um, it is a a privilege this morning. And you guys are in for a treat. You'll get to hear um, what's been on David's heart. And as he talked to, to me about this a couple weeks ago, I just thought, man, that is a message that is relevant whether you're 12 years old, 22 years old, or 92 years old, and everything in between. So will you join me in welcoming up here David Perez? Well, hey, thank you guys. I'm so excited and so very blessed to be here with you this morning. Uh, Before we get started, I'd like to to say a few thank yous. First of all, as Ryan pointed out, my family's here, so I want to Thank my family, my, my good friends, um, for all your love and support over the last 22 years. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, Nathan, thank you for being such a wonderful friend and mentor. Um, I would not be where I'm at in ministry as a person without you, so thank you. And thank you to Dave and all the staff and the elders here and the teaching team for giving me this opportunity. Um, it, is, it is an honor to be able to share what God's put on my heart with, with you guys. So uh, without further ado, let's, uh, hey, let's jump into it. Uh, if you would turn with me in your Bibles to uh, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, as some would call it, uh, verse 3, I'm mean, sorry, chapter 3, verse 5. I'm kidding. Uh, we're not going to be preaching out of Song of Songs, don't worry. Uh, some of you looking at me like, is, is he for real? Is he serious? Does he, does he know what he's talking about? I uh, know, I think I might be fired if I did that, so don't worry. Uh, before we actually do jump into it, though, I'd like to uh, say a quick word of prayer, so if you, you'd join me in praying. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this day, um, for another day to be alive. Uh, we, we worship you and thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice for us on the cross and, and what you did for us. Um, we pray today, Lord, that you just speak through me, uh, that none of, of what I say may be my words, Lord, but that it may be you uh, talking through me, Lord. Pray today, uh, Spirit, that you just soften all of our hearts, open our ears to the word that you have for us, uh, and, and we pray that you just be glorified through this all. We love you. We worship you, Lord. Uh, we say all this in the precious and resurrected name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, if you look up on the screens here in a few seconds, will be a graphic. Uh, today, we're talking about when it rains, it pours, and what a fitting title for the weather we've had. I promise you, we didn't, we didn't plan it this way. Just, it just happened. Uh, 
And, and if you've been here for the last few days, you'd know that in the morning it's gorgeous and it feels like summer. And then come afternoon, it looks like Colorado is, is angry and throwing a fit. We've had tons of rain and hail and tornado warnings. And uh, that's Colorado though, right? The weather changes every five minutes. And, and at first I didn't really like that, but that's what I've grown to love about Colorado is the fact that the weather is just gorgeous here. We, we truly do get the fullness of, of every season, and we're blessed. When it's winter, it's winter, right? It's cold, and it's freezing, and it's snowing. When it's summer, it's summer. It's nice and hot and warm. In the fall, we get, we get the beautiful leaves changing and the cool summer evenings, or cool fall evenings. In the spring, we, we get the beautiful rains uh, and the birds come to life. The flowers start blooming. Now, every once in a while, we get an invasion of one season into another. So sometimes, like we saw a few weeks back in May, we got snow. It's summer. What's going on, Colorado? Uh, but I really do believe that, that Colorado paints a perfect picture for life. In life, we have seasons. We have mountaintop seasons where life is great. Everything's joyful and peaceful. There's accomplishments. But for every season that's up here, every mountaintop, there's a valley. There's a season for sorrow, sadness, loss. And that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. Uh, and, and in order to do so, we're going to be looking at the book of Habakkuk. Um, and just so you know, we're going to be going to give you a brief little roadmap. We're going to cover one book. It's the book of Habakkuk. We're going to ask three questions, and we're going to find one answer, all right? One book, three questions, one answer. Now, when Nathan came to me and said, hey, do you, do you want to teach? I said, yeah, I'd love to. And I was sitting there thinking, what am I going to talk about? And the book of Habakkuk is a book that has been very, very dear and near to my heart and has been a big part of growing my faith. So I thought, hey, yeah, I'll talk in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, but I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, one thing I discovered when preparing for this message is that, you know what, God truly does not let you teach or preach on something that you have no experience of or that you don't know. So he makes sure you know what you're talking about. Well, this last month and a half has been quite the storm. It started with school. As Nathan said, I just graduated from Colorado Christian University. And the semester was, I mean, kicking my butt. Kicking my butt. And unfortunately, that led to a little bit of burnout. Burnout in, in school, in my friendships, and even in my work here. Well, um, as we know in life, when it rains, it pours, right? So... Burnout, the week after that, a, uh, a close friend and mentor of mine ended up suddenly passing away. The following week, I experienced a breakup. The week after that, a former student of mine uh, at another organization I worked for committed suicide. And this is all on top of getting ready for the last two weeks of the semester, which would prove to be the toughest two weeks of my college career and balance the ministry. Now, we can, all, we can all relate to this, can we not? That in life, it's not just one thing that goes wrong. It seems as if there's always a list. This goes wrong, then this, then this, then this, then this, then this. 
And the prophet Habakkuk knows exactly what we're going through. And when we're in these times, I think we tend to ask two questions. Two questions when we're in a valley, when we're in the middle of the storm. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Habakkuk. It's, it's right in the end there, right after Nahum, right before Zephaniah, Habakkuk 1. And, and just to give you a context of what's going on and why Habakkuk understands these stormy seasons, as Habakkuk's writing this, uh, Israel is a mess. I'm in an absolute mess. There's all this injustice, corruption, violence. I mean, things are bad. And as if they weren't bad enough, the Babylonians are on the footsteps of Israel's door, knocking, getting ready to invade and take over. And so Habakkuk asks this question, and, and, and we'll find out in a second. So let's, let's go ahead and read and find out what the first question we ask when we're in the middle of a storm. If you pick it up in uh, verse two, it says, how long, Lord, must I call for your help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. The first question we ask is why? Now, we ask why a lot. Um, in fact, if you have kids, I think you'll be able to relate to this. I'll, I'll never forget this. Uh, I've got seven nieces and nephews, and, uh, and when they're first born, they're just so cute and cuddly, are they not? I mean, you hold them in your arms, and you just melt. You melt. And then they hit two years old, and they call those the terrible twos. And then right about four, uh, something happens. I, I love this age group absolutely love it because when they're when they're four or five years old they're old enough where you can take them to do things yet they're still innocent and so so cute so we're sitting in my room me me and my one of my nephews and i had a, a little trophy a little like a, a trophy stack um from from some of the sports i had playing growing up and so he's he's sitting on the bed with me and he looks at me and he goes hey uncle d and i mean i just melt just melted and he goes what are what are those trophies I said, oh, oh, well, those are from when I played sports, and some of them are from first place, you know, when I, when I did this, and participation, and all this stuff. And so then he goes, why? Um, well, okay, well, I played sports because they're fun, and you get to hang out with your friends, and you get to run around and score points and do this and do that. So I figure, you know, the conversation's kind of dying. He looks at me and goes, but Why? Okay, all right, well, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to run around because this, and then I explain, 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 and I figure again, once, once again, okay, there's no, there's no, there's no follow-up to this. And he goes, but why? So this continues for about 15 minutes, and eventually I get to the point where I'm going, okay, just because, just because, all right, let's go, come on, let's, let's leave. Now we do the same thing with God when we're in these storms, do we not? When we're in the valley, when it's pouring rain, we ask God, why? And we ask him again, why? And why? And why? And why? And we're not very patient, are we? So we, we want God to respond instantly. And so sometimes we feel as if we don't hear God because we want, answer now. We want an answer now. However, sometimes we get an answer, 
And it's not necessarily an answer we're expecting or we like. Let's, uh, let's read how God responds to Habakkuk here in, in Habakkuk 1. It's verse 5. Here's what, here's what the Lord says. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. So far, so good, right? Cool. The next line comes. God says, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. What? I don't think Habakkuk was expecting that response. What God just said is that, hey, I'm raising up the Babylonians to come and take you guys over. Not the answer he expected. And so often in our lives, as I said, we, we ask why and, and we're not patient enough to hear. But sometimes we ask why and we get an answer we don't like. And so when, when this happens, when either we don't hear from God soon enough or we hear an answer we don't like as to why you're in this storm, why is this happening to me, we ask another question. And that second question is where? Where? Now we ask where for a lot of things. In the morning when you're getting ready for work, we ask, where are my keys? When you come home from a long day and you, all you want to do is watch TV, the remote's always missing, right? So you ask, where's the remote? Kids, hey, how many of you guys have done this? In the morning you wake up, you realize you got homework due that day and you didn't do it. So you ask, where's my homework? Or where's my backpack? Parents, Hopefully we don't ask this question too often, but we ask, where are my kids? <laughs> so we ask where, and the question we ask God is, where are you, God? Where are you? And Habakkuk is no stranger to this. If we read in, in chapter two, um, so just to get us back to speed, after Habakkuk hears that the Lord is raising up these Babylonians to come and take over Israel, he asks God, well, why are you correcting wickedness by bringing in the wicked. Why? And so Habakkuk states his second complaint, and, and here's what he says at the end of his complaint. It's verse 2. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So that's Habakkuk saying he's going to wait for the Lord's response. Next verse. It says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. When we, when we read that, we see Habakkuk you know, say, I'm going to wait for you, God. And then instantaneously we see, then the Lord, you know, said this. And when we read it, it's so easy to think, oh, so Habakkuk waited and instantly God replied. Well, when we study that little word then in the Hebrew, that doesn't necessarily mean it was an instant response. What that's saying is Habakkuk said he was going to wait. And then the next big event was God speaking. Now, most likely, it was an instant. We don't know how long it took for God to respond or how long God waited. 
but most likely it wasn't instant. You know, it could have been hours, days, weeks, months. And, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but after a while, if I was a back, I probably would have asked, okay, God, I've poured out my heart to you. I've complained. I've asked, now where are you? Where are you? And what I want to do with, with the last few minutes that I've got left here is I want to shift our focus. I want to shift our focus from these first two questions of why and where to the third question. And this third question is both the third question and the one answer we're looking for. Now, but before I do that, I want to just say a, a quick little word here about, about asking why and where are you, God. I don't want anyone to come out of this thinking that I'm saying it is wrong to ask God why is this happening to me? Or where are you? Not at all. Not at all. If we look back in scripture, we look back at the Psalms, Lamentations, Job, even in the New Testament, some of the disciples, they ask, why? Why is this happening? Where are you, God? I can't seem to find you. So it's perfectly okay for us to ask God these questions. In fact, it has been so fundamental in the growth of my faith to ask God these questions and to even doubt, to even doubt and say, oh, are, are you going to come through? No, these questions are so important. Where we get in trouble is when we get stuck in asking why and where are you. When we stay there, that's when I start to get nervous. That's when I think things aren't, aren't, aren't right. So what we need to do is we need to shift our focus. So, so let's shift our focus to this question. And the third and final question is who? Who is God? Read with me in Habakkuk 3. I'll pick it up in verse 17. And, and just to recap, after, what God's response to Habakkuk was is, again, it was, it was a response that he wasn't expecting. What God says is, you know what? Habakkuk, don't you worry about the Babylonians, they'll get theirs. I will take care of them. Don't you worry about it. And here's Habakkuk's response. I, I love his response here. Here's what he says. Verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. What does Habakkuk do there? He's already asked why. He's already asked, where are you, God? What Habakkuk is saying here is, you know what? In the midst, in the midst of all that's gone on, in the midst of Israel being an absolute mess, in the midst of the Babylonians being on our doorstep ready to invade and crush us at any moment, you know what, God, even if things get worse, even if on top of all of that, I am jobless, I am poor, and I am hungry, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Why is he able to do that? Because Habakkuk turns his focus from why are these things happening to me and where are you, God, and instead focuses on who God is. West Bowles, can I share with you this morning who God is? 
Westbrook, the God that we serve, the God that we serve is the God that was there before creation. The God who with, with words spoke everything that was, everything that is, and everything that will be into existence. The God that we serve is the same God who saw his people in captivity in Egypt and who chose to deliver them through a man who had a speech impediment and no confidence. The God who parted the Red Sea and who led those same people through the desert by a cloud and a pillar of fire. The God we serve, West Bowles, is the God who led Gideon and 300 men to a victory over a superpower. And that's just a few examples in the Old Testament. Then we have, we have the entire New Testament where God himself, the God of all creation, becomes the very thing which he is not in becoming flesh and blood through a virgin, lives a perfect life, and then the God of all creation dies upon a cross for you and me. Why? Why? So that we might have the opportunity and might be reconciled back to him. And as if this isn't enough, God himself, through his own power, raises himself from the dead. So when Gideon says, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation, that's what he's saying. He's saying, my faith is in the God who is in the business of doing the impossible. And it's because Gideon turns his gaze from why things are happening and where God is and to who God is that he's able to say that last verse where he says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So West Bowles, I wanna, I wanna challenge you this morning and I wanna, I wanna leave you with, with something that, that's easy to remember. If you remember nothing else from this morning, I want you to remember this one thing and it's gonna be up there on the screen. Who is greater than what? Who God is, is greater than what we face. Now, I, I told you earlier that God doesn't let us teach on things that we don't have experience on or that we don't know firsthand. Well, as I said, this last month's been nuts. And, and it, I very well could have stayed in the why and the where. Where are you, God? But God turned my attention. He said, David, no. Focus on who I am. And it was only through the focus on who God is that I've been able to say that God is my strength, that, that these trials have been much easier to go through. Now, West Bowles, I want to challenge you to do the same thing. The next time it's pouring rain, the next time it seems like the list is going on and on and on of things that just aren't going right, go ahead, ask why. Go ahead, ask where are you, God. But I want to challenge you to then turn and turn your eyes to who God is. Remember the God that you serve. And when you do that, 
you'll be able to, like a back, say, the Lord is my strength. And these trials, these tribulations, you will have the strength to go through them. So remember, who is greater than what? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much again for, for this day. Um, we worship you and thank you for, for who you are, Father, um, that you love us so much, Lord, that you, you have led us uh, to Christ. And pray now, Lord, that you just um, remind us of this, remind us that who you are, Father, is greater than what we're facing. That, Lord, nothing, nothing is impossible for you. Allow us to place our faith in you and in who you are and what you've done. We worship you and thank you, Lord. Give us a good week. Um, allow us to keep focus on you and that you will be glorified in all that we say and do. We worship you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good day, Westbos. Thank you.